listening to Local Bites, the podcast of local futures and the economics of happiness. In this series, we feature critical voices and inspiring examples from the global movement to resist the power of giant corporations and to renew ecological, social, and spiritual well-being through a systemic shift towards local economies. I'm Sean Keller. In this episode, Local Futures Associate Programs Director Kristen Steele interviews Juan del Rio, a co-founder of the Transition Network in Spain, and author of the first book about the transition movement to be published in Spanish. He's been working towards large-scale economic transformation across the Spanish-speaking world for the past decade while also staying engaged with his local branch of the transition movement in his hometown of Cartadeo near Barcelona. Today, he gives us his thoughts on economic transition, how different economic systems encode different values, how trade treaties threaten community resilience, and what we can do about it all. Kristen and Juan spoke in the quietest corner they could find at the New Economy and Social Innovation Forum, a gathering of over 500 activists, NGOs, and business leaders, all there to discuss shifting the economy to be more local, more sustainable, and more just. Hi, Juan. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Kristen. So, could you tell me about how you got into working in the new economy? So, indeed, my background is on biology. I've been always, since I was a child, interested in nature, in ecology, and, and in our planet. But with the time, I started to realize how we, as a civilization, as humanity, as, as, as people, that the way we produce, we consume, we behave, we relate among ourselves and with the planet, is indeed the root cause of, of the, this systemic crisis that we are having. That's how I started more and more to relate this background of ecology with another ways of organizing ourselves. And one of the core things there is, is the economy, is the way how we manage our family, our house, our planet, our communities. So the way I see economy, it has to do more with this holistic perspective, not just numbers or money or credits, bank. Now, this is indeed the typical concepts that when you ask everyone in a room, when you listen economy, which are the first words that you hear, that, you, that they come to your mind, they always say these ones, you know, like money, banks, etc. And I always say to them, look, this is just a little, little, a tiny part of what economy really means. Economy is about satisfy the essential needs of all alive beings. I was studying in 2007 a master's in sustainability in Barcelona, and at that moment I read Ancient Futures book, and I was very inspired. I've been living and traveling in many different places, and I, I just said, I want to bother and, and see what's going on and learn more about this ancient culture that luckily has been thriving for so long time and right now, as many others in the world, is, is really, really threatened by globalization. And could you tell me about the work that you're doing now? So you're very involved with the transition movement. Yeah, I'm coordinating the transition network in Spain, but also working in different international projects, Latin America and in Europe. Basically, what I'm trying to do is to catalyze transition processes in at the community level, at the local level, which means projects around local economy, on agroecology, a lot of building community, also inner transition work. And the way I do this, of course not alone, is by raising awareness, by facilitating and training people, by connecting 
also municipalities with local groups by writing. I wrote the first book in Spanish about transition already three years ago. There's so many different things you can do because we have to transform the whole system, our language, how we produce, how we relate. So if you are able to do this by looking inside of you what really motivates you, and this is very important because we're living very challenging and hard moments, and we also need to find some space to enjoy this, this process. Well, then my next question is, is the big one, or one of the big ones. Okay. And that is, could you tell me how you see our current global economic system and its role in furthering and creating our social and ecological crises? Its role? Well, I mean, it's the root cause of the, of the systemic crisis that we are facing right now. We're talking about global growth industrial system that is based in accumulation of wealth, that is based on depletion of resources, that is based on individualism and competition. You know, it's like the, the, the key values of the global economic system, like anthropocentrism, like androcentrism, which means men above women, ethnocentrism, which means white people or Western people above other cultures. All these values are really, really clustered in this economic system. So I think we're talking about a cultural shift to really create new stories, new uh, narratives that include new values, new beliefs. We're not talking about competition is bad and we don't want any competition. It's part also about our behavior, but we don't want a society that puts competition in the center and this is the only way we can work. Because the reality is that nature and also many different cultures around the world, they have been based on cooperation like in Ladakh and they have been evolving and working for really you know, long time centuries. Our main challenges are, I think, to attack directly to the, to the roots of this paradigm that has brought us to this situation. And this means to, to build a new story. As Juan mentioned in his introduction, he was a participant in Local Futures Learning from Ladakh program, in which people from around the world would come to Ladakh in northern India to see firsthand the effects of globalization on the ecologically sensitive region's economy and culture, and how traditional society has done its best to weather the storm. Traditional Ladakh is a classic example of how a society with cooperation as a central value has endured the test of time. For centuries, Ladakhi society had high levels of gender equality, community-level institutions for peacefully resolving disputes and cooperatively producing food, no homelessness, and virtually no ethnic or religious conflict, all in the absence of a competitive capitalist economy based on monetary transactions. With the opening of roads to connect Ladakh with the rest of India, this way of life came under immediate pressure from imported food subsidized by the Indian government, which undercut local farmers, as well as from increasing tourist numbers and urbanization. This just goes to illustrate that while cooperative societies can be incredibly resilient, the global economy remains a powerful force, and the tools of the global economy, policies that favor big business, unfettered free trade, and so on, will demand every ounce of resistance we can muster. Well, just before we get on to those actions that will yeah, probably I'm create going a to... new story. No, it's great. It's yeah. fantastic. I just want to talk a bit about a very specific issue that we have been looking at a lot at Local Futures, and that sure. is trade treaties. Yeah. And I'm wondering what you think of the trade treaties, their role in furthering the system, and, and what we can do to address that issue. Well, fair treaties are 
one of the main tools that big corporations are using to get stronger and stronger. And this is just the same, the same idea of getting bigger and bigger to monopolize everything in the world. Because we are talking about land, we're talking about water, we're talking about food, we're talking about all the essential things we need to thrive. We're talking also about people, you know, about slave, slavery with people around the world making the clothes that we, that we are wearing, no? And surely we are talking about a democratic system that is not representative for the, for the people that lives on the earth, that is controlled by the big corporations, by the power inside, by the banks too. These kind of treaties, they are really a tool to make them more powerful. So um, also in the way they they sell the treaties, there's a huge manipulation in the media that is, is something that we have all around ourselves. Fortunately, there's, I think, quite a lot activist social movements against, but the lobbies to apply them are very strong. So it's not that I have a concrete solution, but clearly one of them is to raise awareness about with these uh, treaties. What do they mean? And to build strong networks and connections to make a big lobby with this. Because for me, the new development model is, should be based on localization and resilience. For me, these are two key aspects of the new society we should design. By going local, which it doesn't mean to stop trading, or, but we have the ingredients to cook, the cake, local, and later we, ju we just have, you know, like something special to put on the top that it comes from the other corner of the world. That would be very good. But right now it's the contrary. Coming local, it doesn't mean to stop trade or to go into the caverns, but it means to be more self-sufficient, but it means to have less stress, but it means to have more control about what's going on around you. Uh, and this is totally related with the concept of resilience, that it means to, to adapt yourself to the challenges that, that happen around you and they come from the outside. We can't know what's going to happen in the future. We live in a huge and really complex planet. So then, by slowly but becoming more local and resilient, we can be able to adapt to, this, to these new challenges. And, and also this can be a good way to conserve diversity, both cultural and, and ecological. So what would you suggest to our listeners who want to get more involved in building a new economy? How would you suggest that they do that? They can do it in many different ways. First of all, I would, because it depends if they are already doing things or not, okay, in the level that they are. But everyone, doesn't matter if you feel that you can do anything, you can do things. First of all, I would tell you, that please look around you, because when we talk about economy, we don't talk only about money. We talk about how we consume, we talk about what kind of transport we use, we talk about how we behave, and, and many other things. So look if there's projects around you about ecological food, or urban gardens, or local currencies, or um, social centers, or any transition initiative, or doesn't matter that brand or, or, or name they have. And also look inside of you, what does it mean economy for you, and how does really affects what is going on in the planet because even you are hiding these, these emotions and these feelings they are having in you and in the people around you a strong impact and I'm sure that if you do this you will realize 
that you don't want to continue with this kind of economy or society. So step by step, but also taking into account that there's urgency. What is important is to not stop and to find other people and to, to start the journey. You can subscribe to the Local Bites podcast and listen to or download other episodes on our website, localfutures.org. If you like what you heard, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends and your community and write to us at info at localfutures.org if you have ideas for other people or topics that we should feature. We'll be back next month with more interviews with new economy leaders who will have more bites of wisdom to share with you all. For myself and everyone at Local Futures, I hope you have a wonderful transition into the new year. And thanks, as always, for listening to Local Bites.